Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Vegas Nation host Cassie Soto here inside of the Las Vegas Review Journal studios with breaking news that the Raiders have traded up to number 35. They were originally scheduled to draft at number 38, but there's got to be somebody on the board left here that they really like. So let's go ahead and break it down for you. Joining me in studio is Las Vegas Review Journal sports columnist Adam Hill. Almost called you Sam Gordon, but you know, no, no, no shade of Sam, but a new and improvement here. For sure. (laughs) Look, he was here last night, so it makes sense. It was late into the evening, not much sleep so I get it. <laughs> Adam Hill in studio with me here again Adam the the Raiders trading up to that number 35 pick trading with the Colts who do you think uh, what do you think here as we're waiting for this breaking news to come out what do you think is going on here at the Raiders war room in Henderson? To move up a couple spots it's clearly something they really want they've really targeted uh, obviously Hendon Hooker is a guy that people have thought at quarterback I think it's Michael Mayer he's a tight end from Notre Dame Really, really dynamic playmaker. I thought he easily could have gone in the first round. He fits what they want to do. They have some starters at tight end, for sure. Uh, We know that they went out. They signed O.J. Howard. They signed Austin Hooper. Those are the guys for now. But they need a tight end of the future. They need that dynamic kind of playmaker in that role. And I think Michael Mayer could be the guy. So we'll find out if that is who it is. Right. I think that's who it's going to be. But there's some options, too, on defense. Drew Sanders, a really good linebacker, which they could really use. Brian Branch, a very versatile player. A lot of options, but I'm going to go Michael Mayer. Yeah, Twitter's going crazy right now, so we're here. We're probably just a few seconds away from officially finding out. As you're saying, there's a couple names here on Twitter as well that are coming out, but we'll wait for the official draft pick to be made. Once again, the Raiders trading up from 38 to 35 now to make their pick, starting off day two very strong right away with a trade. Again, just just talk about, let's recap day one first before we, as we wait for this trade here. Oh, here we go. Actually, hold on. We're going to make this, we're going to make this selection live. The commissioner is at the podium now going to announce the Raiders 35th pick. They moved up from 38 to 35. So right now with the 35th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Las Vegas Raiders are selecting tight end Michael Mayer of Notre Dame. Are you a psychic? Uh, maybe, but no, I don't <laughs> think so. I think that would look, there was only a couple of players that you would target that you'd move up for. I think Michael Mayer is one, a guy that you would expect to have gone in the first round again. He didn't. I think there was a couple of things on tape that some people saw that they may not have loved, but the production is there. And guess what? The production is there at Allegiant Stadium. They don't have to look very far to see what this guy can do. He came into Allegiant Stadium this year with Notre Dame. He tore it up. He was wide open every single play. They were going to him consistently, uh, and he was able to make a lot of plays on that field at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, I know the uh, you know there's an NFL comparison that they're showing right now of Jason Witten. I don't know about that. I think Mayer's a little bit more athletic even than Jason Witten was, uh, but he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He's actually very, very effective as a blocker, something that was a knock on some of the other really good receiving tight ends but he can he can really do it all what you want out of a tight end so I think a very very good pick for the Raiders not necessarily a guy again they've got starters there they've got guys that can play there he doesn't have to play right away but this is a tight end of the future for sure for this team and I'm sure look we know what the Patriots have done in the past and we talk about the Raiders being kind of the, the new Patriots the, the Patriots have used a lot of tight ends they had a lot of times where they had two dynamic playmaking tight ends on the field at the same time So the Raiders get their guy that can go out, get open, catch some passes, and also do a little bit of blocking. Once again, if you're just now joining us, the Raiders have traded up to that number 35 pick and have selected Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. And again, you talk about the tight end position for the Raiders. The 
Raider fans, Raider Nation have known so long Darren Waller as somebody that yeah. can be such a threat on the field. Obviously, it's a very high expectation to ask that of a rookie. But is that somebody that could come in and, you know, make that role part of their own? Yeah, a different kind of player. I don't think quite as dynamic a receiver, right? but very, very good. Again, that game at Allegiant Stadium, uh, 11 catches, 118 yards for Michael Mayer. He was all over the place. So maybe a little bit. You know, not as good in the passing game, but better as a blocker for sure. So um, I think definitely a guy that they had their eyes on, a guy that they were interested in. And now they go ahead and make that move. We should point out they did have to give up the pick 141 okay. in order to move up three spots to grab the guy that they want. But the Raiders had 12 picks. And going into the draft, I think a lot of people said, and we wrote about it consistently, they're probably not going to make 12 picks in this draft. That's a lot of guys to bring in in the draft. But what you can do with that draft capital is target here and there. So here, here they said, look. Maybe in the next three picks, our guy goes, we're committed to drafting Michael Mayer, we're going to go make this pick, we're going to make the trade, give up a pick, and get this job done. And uh, So I think that's you know very, very impressive that they, they found the guy they wanted, they went up and did it, and they got the guy. Right. Well, so they've drafted defense in the first round now, getting some offensive help. They, as of right now, have number 70 and 100 left here in the uh, today. What do you think they do with those next couple of picks? Well, I would think defense, defense, defense. Okay. I think that's where you really need to go uh, if you're the Raiders. But... There really fast. Look at that picture of him bending his foot. Did you see that? That was kind of crazy. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he's sure. very bendy. Uh, Chandler, him and Chandler Jones maybe be doing some yoga on the field together. Solid hair, too. I think solid hair. You okay. The combine. Good right. for him. The special teams will love that if he's got a good head of hair. Absolutely. No yeah. question. Look at that. It's good, it's good, it's good some good flow right there. there. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, defense, you have to look at all levels of the defense. Obviously, yesterday went edge rusher, which was, wasn't the biggest need, but you can get an influx of talent there. Linebacker, for sure, is a need. Drew Sanders was on the board here. I thought that was potentially a possibility. If if he somehow falls, that'd be a great pick for them uh, a little bit later on. Certainly in the secondary, you still need a corner. We thought they might right. get one in the first round. They didn't. They're going to need guys there. Brian Branch, I don't think he's coming back to them. I thought he might go now. Uh, one of the smartest players you're going to find defensively. I thought that would have been a good pick, too. So really versatile players in the secondary, corners, linebackers, and even defensive tackle, I think, is still a big need for this team. So a lot of different places they could go, a lot of different options. Certainly the offensive line is still a possibility, right. too. But you need playmakers on defense. You need to keep building up that side of the ball. So I expect them to go on that side. All right. Well, still a couple days couple days ahead of us here. Once again, the Raiders kicking off day two, trading up to number 35 to draft Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Welcome back, everyone, inside of the Las Vegas Review-Journal studios. Your Vegas Nation host, Cassie Soto, here. Day two of the 2023 NFL Draft has come to an end, and the Raiders have added three more players to their roster. Let's go ahead and recap day two here, looking at this graphic that we've got. With that number 35 pick, the Raiders traded up from 38 to 35 to go ahead and get Michael Mayer a tight end. Then at number 70, they went ahead and picked up Byron Young, some defense there. And then number 100, rounding out the draft for the Raiders of day two, is Trey Tucker, wide receiver. Joining me in studio is Adam Hill. Adam, how do you think the Raiders fared here after day two? I mean, very interesting. Obviously, going with the tight end, I think that was a position not a lot of people thought they needed, but Michael Mayer, a very, very intriguing prospect. So I think the Raiders just identified somebody that said, that can, that guy can't help us out. 
down the road. Um, a little bit interesting on some of the other picks. Maybe some guys that you would consider reaches, I guess, if you want to categorize them in that way. But the Raiders are trying to address some needs. I know wide receiver is not really a need, but they brought some speed in. He can really fly. He can probably return some kicks for them as well. That would be how he's utilized. I know they've got a lot of guys in the slot. They already had Hunter Renfro. Uh, they brought in Jacoby Myers. But, um, look, you can never have too much speed at wide receiver, and I think that's part of the philosophy for the Raiders here. And right now we're, of course, waiting to hear from Raiders Brass to go ahead and recap day two. So as soon as we get some movement in Henderson, Nevada, we'll go ahead and toss out live to that press conference. But looking at that tight end, Raiders fans might have been able to get a preview of yeah. Michael Mayer if they went ahead and went to the Shamrock Series when Notre Dame was here. Um, was that in October, I believe? Yeah, they played BYU uh, yeah. at Allegiant Stadium. A, a huge crowd was out there to see that game. I was out there and. Look, Michael Mayer stood out on the field. There's no question about it. If you were at that game, you remember Michael Mayer from right. that game. He was wide open on just about every play. Uh, Notre Dame went to him very often, and he almost every single time the ball was thrown to him, caught the ball and then made something happen with it down the field, uh, broke some tackles, jumped some guys. He was hurtling all over the place, diving into the end zone. Uh, just a guy that makes plays, and it wasn't an anomaly. That's pretty much what he did in every single game that he played in. The guy was wide open, and uh, and he's a great player. And I think that's what the Raiders expect him to do. He's probably got some time to develop because, obviously, they have Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard, who they just brought in after trading Darren Waller. So they can be the starters. He can develop behind them, but I think he's going to be on the field quite a bit this year even because he can make things happen when he's out there. Well, how about Byron Young there at number 70? Again, adding some defensive help. There was two Byron Youngs. There is. They went with the Alabama guy, right? Yeah, and the, I, I was all prepared to talk about the Tennessee guy because right. he has a great backstory. Uh, instead, they go Alabama. Um, the Tennessee Byron Young, much more of a prospect, a guy who has, as I said, kind of a, an entertaining uh, history where he kind of didn't play football for a while. Uh, but the Alabama uh, Byron Young is a guy who was very productive. He doesn't really project necessarily as one of those toolsy guys who uh, can, you know, really, you know, has a high ceiling at the next level. But I think very high floor. I think he's going to sure. be a very good player, a guy that you know you can put on the field, you can trust him, he's going to make plays. Um, probably not going to be like a game-changing type player, but I think you just put him on the field and can trust him. And I think those are the kind of guys uh, that this defense needs. Certainly need to bring in those explosive-type athletes. Hint, Tyree Wilson, like yeah. they did in the first <laughs> round. Uh, but he's he's a very high-risk, high-reward-type player uh, while you get a now, on the second day, a defensive tackle who can play a little bit of defensive end as well, really play all over the defensive line, first and second down, and gets to the quarterback really, really uh, solid against the run as well. So a guy you can trust, and then a couple of home run swings with some other players, which is what you can do when you have 12 picks, now 11 in the draft because they traded up. When you have the luxury of that many picks – there's a lot of things that you can do, and I think the Raiders are just kind of stockpiling talent all over the field right now. And how do you think, sort of, obviously we got a sneak peek into the war room, right? Now Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have had more time. This is really their first real yeah. draft, right? Coming in with a full year to prepare and come in again. How do you think that they're feeling after day two? Well, look, anytime you have a draft, if you're, if you're a NFL team, you believe you had a great draft because you're picking the guys that you want to pick, right? I mean, that you're going to come out saying, hey, we did a great job. This is what we like. But I think you can see the plan a little bit. And as you mentioned, yes, they had a draft last year, but they came in late to the process. Really, when they had the draft last year, they were still trying to figure out who were their guys? Who are the guys that are on their roster? What do they need? Where do they need an infusion of talent? All of those things were still going on. That process was still happening. And you you, you heard from Champ Kelly and Dave Ziegler last night, probably hear from them again a little bit as well, where they said, look, it's a year-long process. Like We started analyzing these players a year ago, and now it's just coming to fruition. Now it's just paying off. So 
a very different draft this year where they had a lot more resources. First of all, they didn't have a first and second round pick last year, and they had the time that they needed to learn their roster, learn what they needed, learn where they needed you know, to, to get a boost in talent, a boost in energy, um, and just depth, and they're figuring that out right now, and you're seeing that plan come to fruition. Right. Well, let's talk about a guy that's on the roster right now. This was some news that happened right as the draft was getting started, Adam, that the Raiders had restructured Chandler Jones' contract, creating about $5 million in cap space. Can you just kind of take us through that? What does that mean? What does that do for this team moving forward? Look, if we had 18 hours on this, we couldn't really explain the salary <laughs> cap and some of the changes that go on. Um, a lot of these deals, and certainly the Chandler Jones deal that he signed, um, you know, where he's here with the Raiders, you, you've got a lot of moving pieces. You can move uh, bonuses around. You can move uh, different uh, incentive clauses around. You can move a lot of things around and create space. So you see you know, teams that are like, hey, how are they signing all these players? Isn't there a salary cap? Yeah, you can move uh, money down the road. You know, Patrick Mahomes signed the big deal with the Chiefs, but they're moving it down the road every single year. They're kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit, and those bills aren't going to come due until a little bit later. In this case, the Raiders are saying, all right, let's create a little bit of space. Let's spread this money out, and let's, you know, maybe find room for Josh Jacobs to sign a deal. You don't know exactly what they're going to do with some of that money, but they're also going to have draft picks to sign at some point. They're going to create some space. We know that there's some offensive linemen out there potentially that they could sign as well, uh, but you need the space to do that. So there's always kind of flexibility with the cap. In this case, they looked at his contract. They said, look, you can help us out here. We can get some more guys. We can build to the roster. If you just kind of stretch some things out, move some things around, we're going to still owe, the same, owe you the same amount of money. But let's spread it out a little bit. And that's what the Raiders did to create that space for themselves. Right. And then when you've got a guy like Tyree Wilson coming in, hopefully, you know, he'll learn the ropes and maybe can get his way in there. And, of course, uh, General Manager Dave Ziegler said that, hey, he still has to earn his role, regardless yeah. if we picked him number seven overall. We've seen before, even if you're a first-round pick, it doesn't necessarily mean you are a starter. For right? sure. And, and look, in his case, like, yes, I think a lot of people looked at it and said, wow, edge rusher, you already have Chandler Jones. You certainly already have Max Crosby right. there. You need a lot of – you have Malcolm Coon still who's trying to, you know, work his way up. Uh, but you need depth there. You need a lot of different guys. And Chandler Jones isn't going to be around forever. I don't think a lot of people think he's going to play after this year for the Raiders. So uh, you need to develop him. And you get that year to sit behind uh, some of the better, more experienced, like knowledgeable players in the league and learn that position. So I think that's the plan with him. But certainly he's going to be counted on quite a bit this year. When you are drafted that high, look, we hear what Dave Ziegler said. You're not guaranteed anything. But you're guaranteed at least a shot. You're gonna, you're going to get out on the field because, look, they don't, they don't want to look bad and say, look, we took this guy that we can't put out on the field, and um, you expect him to be able to contribute right away. So we'll see him play, uh, I think, quite a bit this year, kind of rotate in. And Chandler Jones was the comparison for Tyree Wilson before he even came to the Raiders. Like that was the guy you looked at and said, this kind of length, this kind of athleticism. Who does he project as? It's Chandler Jones. And I know some Raiders fans might cringe and say, well, Chandler Jones. Which not Chandler that great. Jones, Adam? Which Chandler Jones? The Chandler Jones. Jones from last year, probably not the one you want Tyree Wilson to uh, remind you of. But the Chandler Jones, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, that is a guy I think a lot of people would be very excited if Tyree Wilson plan pans out like. Well, earlier today, we were able to hear from Tyree Wilson. They shipped him into Las Vegas already earlier this morning. So Unfortunately, we have the same outfit on today. So it's kind of, yeah. you know, it's, I had to change. <laughs> yeah, you know, of course, of course. You, you couldn't steal his fit. Yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and hear what he had to say earlier this afternoon. There's two other great pass rushers, uh, Max and Chandler. And, you know, I would want to come there and, you know, learn from the best and, you know, take my game to another level. Really just fitting in wherever wherever they need me and, you know, help helping out and, and you know, uh, be able to give breaks whenever I can. Raiders are tough, smart, and dependable. So I feel like I bring that and, you know, a versatile player to be able to play play anywhere uh, in the defense. Uh, goals, uh, first, you know, to, to help the defense 
as any way possible and, you know, uh, win as many games as we can and hopefully get to a Super Bowl in Vegas. You know, I like I like doing those long arm pass rush moves, be able to uh, use use my long arms and, you know, be able to compress the pocket and also have counters off of it. And also, you know, reaching reaching on the quarterback to create turnovers to give, you know, get the ball back to the offense. Honestly, I, you know, I want to be I want to be different than uh, other pass rushers in the NFL. I want to have my own uh, ideal pass rush plan and, you know, for other people to, you know, take bits and pieces from my game. Well, you know, I always see myself, you know, in the NFL. It just hasn't really, you know, just settled in yet. I feel like maybe maybe in the next 24 hours it'll finally settle in and, you know, I'll be getting to work and help Raider Nation. All right, the day one fit with the flowers, that was great. But this one, like, truly silver and black ready. Yeah, for sure. And, look, I think one of the key things with draft picks, you you always see these great fits on draft night. you got to walk the red carpet. you got to walk out there on stage. It's that second day. Like, you're going to have to do more <laughs> interviews. You're going to have to be on stage. You have to have a second day ready. Right. Last year, Malik Willis was here. I'm thinking back to that one. He only had one suit, didn't get picked in the first round, had to go shopping, get a second suit, and then probably a third outfit uh, for right. the next day. But, I mean, to come back with that, that's strong. I think he's ready. I think he's ready for Vegas. That's what a lot of people are saying today. Like, the guy understands, and I know uh, uh, Champ Kelly actually joked about it last night and said he's Vegas ready with his outfits. We saw it today. I think he's, he's good to go. You think him and Jimmy G will go on a shopping spree together? I feel like those might be the new two suit guys here I feel in like Vegas. They're, they have very different styles, though. Yeah. Like, I think they could, they could probably talk about it. They could okay. discuss it. They could probably give each other advice on it, but... I don't think they're wearing the same clothes. I think they're going to be in different stores, probably. <laughs> right, right. Well, let's go back to this Michael Mayer video that we have again from that Shamrock series. If you're joining us now, we're just waiting for Raiders GM Dave Ziegler and probably assistant GM again, Champ Kelly, to join us here live. But we have video of Michael Mayer from that Shamrock series where he was playing here at Allegiant Stadium. So Allegiant Stadium isn't won't be new to him. Yeah. Adam, take us through this game again. You said you were there. What did you see from this number 35 pick here for the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, pretty much this. Like, this is a highlight film, obviously, of just his best plays. <laughs> Look at that hurdle. But it's essentially what you saw in every single play. The guy was all over the field. BYU couldn't stop him. He was wide open. Even the, the plays that didn't go to him, although we would just see right there, not even wide open. doesn't <laughs> matter. He can still catch it. But even the plays we didn't throw to him, like you can't throw to a guy every single play. But look at the separation there, the push, the uses athleticism and his size to get away and then makes a, a nice dive into the end zone yeah. to make the catch. His hands are incredible. Gets wide open. He's actually much better as a run blocker than you would expect out of a guy with that elite of receiving skills. Um, I, I just I just think he's a guy that the Raiders obviously coveted. They saw what they saw what they wanted. They traded up three spots to get him. You don't usually do that uh, for a tight end, but at that spot in the draft, they have plenty of capital. They were able to do it, and I think this is a guy that you expected to go. I think in our mock, he was around 22, 23. I think sure. most, he was around the same place, even late teens in the draft. So when you're there in the second round, you've got all these extra picks, you can use those picks to move around, and they did that. They identified a guy that they really wanted, and in that game, I mean, you see uh, the highlights of what he's doing, but again, it was 11 catches, 118 yards, and two touchdowns in that 28-20 victory. That's just what he did. I mean, right. every single play, you just saw him out there. And I think if they could have thrown it to him 50 times, he probably would have had like 46 catches in that game. It was nuts. And I think the fans saw him that day. They got to see, even if you don't watch much college football, maybe you were out there at Allegiant Stadium, you saw it. Um, he actually said that it would have been his first time in Vegas, but he came and did a promo that's shoot right. that's uh, right. in Vegas before that for the Shamrock Series game. So a second time that he was out here. And uh, I think Raiders fans are really going to like him. And again, 
unlike, you know, with Tyree Wilson, who said he's going to be forced into action a little bit um, with, you know, just, just by nature of being a first-round pick and the fact that you need pass rushers, Michael Mayer is going to have some time. Now, they're going to use him. He'll be out there because he is such a weapon. They're going to want to get him involved, but there's no pressure. I mean, Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard, very, very good players, veteran players that they can get good use out of. He'll learn a lot from them. I know Austin Hooper is a guy uh, that he can certainly learn a lot from, and and they'll kind of figure it out together and go along, and there will be no pressure for him to take the field week one, but I think the Raiders are going to want to get him out there just because of all the elite skills that he has. Right, and before, you know, we get off of Michael Mayer, we just have to give a shout-out to our – Sports multimedia journalist Leandre Fox for getting that video and saying, hey, I think I have some cool video of this guy. And sure enough, we were blessed with that. So great stuff, Leandre Fox, if you can hear me out there. Great stuff out there. Once again, if you're joining us live, we're just waiting to hear from Raiders general manager Dave Ziegler and assistant GM Champ Kelly. They'll recap day two for us. But if we're looking right here, just again, the Raiders draft pick so far, Adam. Number seven, Tyree Wilson. Number 35, Michael Mayer with that great video from Leandre Fox. Number 70, Byron Young. And the number 100, Trey. Tucker that last one in there the draft of course ended today with pick 102 so uh, if you were able to dive into Trey Tucker already Adam what were you able to find out about Trey so far coming out of Cincinnati he's very fast I mean that's the first thing you're you're going to notice about him and look let's be honest that's why he was drafted I mean I think the Raiders looked at what they saw out of him the game film is okay it's pretty good he's a playmaker Um, the projectables out there the measurables I mean, doesn't have the longest of arms. Uh, there's not a whole lot that you would look at, like from a combine perspective, and say, or you know, his pro day, and say, oh, this is a guy that translates. Except that speed, and I think that speed is what the Raiders really like about him. Uh, you bring him in, like I said, he can return some kicks as well. Um, there's a lot that he's going to be able to do, uh, but really, it's just it's it's that speed, and can that translate? He's a guy that really is. He's kind of a swing. Uh, for like a home run swing here. You're looking for somebody that is just going to develop at a much higher level than you anticipate. And again, we go back to the amount of picks that they were to stock, able to stockpile. That's what you can do. Like right. You can move around. You can target specific players. But you can also take some chances because this is a guy that I don't think a lot of people say is a home run guarantee uh, to be a successful player at the next level. He's got the skills in, in terms of the speed to potentially figure it out and really be a lot better than people expect. But on the surface, you say, oh, he just kind of is what he is, but that speed is a game changer. And that's kind of what you look at and say, all right, you can take a shot at him because he's got the speed. It may translate. It may work out. He may be a lot better. You know, you think of he's not quite as small, but think of like what Tyreek uh, Hill does and just say he can just change games right. with how fast he can move around the field. Tyreek Hill, you know, better athlete overall. But uh, I just think that this is kind of an exciting pick for the Raiders to say, look, we don't need a receiver. Got a ton of them on the roster. But you need that really, really dynamic speed guy, and that's what you get here. Yeah, and so seven picks left, of course. Um, the Raiders did trade that 141 pick to move up to that 35 spot. So, again, let's just look at tomorrow. Let's preview tomorrow with those seven picks. Do they package those up a little bit? Do they go for all seven? What do you think the Raiders do? And, again, what sort of just area do they attack tomorrow now that they have that free wiggle room? Because, well, obviously, we've seen before in that round four, you can get some studs. So sure. you really do want to do your, obviously, due diligence here and to be able to find a guys that can make an impact on this team. Yeah, no question. I think you look at specific areas that are out on the field and um, one, we have not seen them really address that offensive line. That's sure. not something that's happened. That's that's something they're, they're going to need to do at some point. Um, I don't know that they're going to use all seven picks tomorrow. Again, they can use those to kind of target specific guys. If you get to a point in the draft and you say, hey, we're seven spots away, we don't want somebody to take our guy, you can use those picks to trade up 
and in just target. That's what they did with Michael Mayer. So you might do that as well. But there are areas, like we said, offensive line. They haven't gone there yet. They need more depth. I think that they they didn't need it as badly as a lot of people thought because last year, the second half of the season, the offensive line really emerged mm-hmm. as an offensive line that was good. It wasn't it wasn't a, a disaster like a lot of people thought. It wasn't it wasn't the negative you know the most negative part of the team. It was fine, and so I think you can go back into the year with that that same group. But you need to get some depth. You need to get more guys that are developing for down the road. So I do expect them to go offensive line at some point and cornerback for sure. Like this is a position we thought they might go in the first round. Devin Witherspoon wasn't there uh, to draft him in the first round, so they had to go another direction. Uh, I still think they would have taken him if he was on the board, but he wasn't. So cornerback is still an area of need for this team. And then just keep stockpiling on the defensive line. And I think there was a couple linebackers they would have gone for if they were on the board here as well, and they weren't. That's another area. Just look offensive line and just add playmakers on defense. As many playmakers as you can find, you need them on all three levels of the defense. You need them all over the defense. Just keep addressing that. Find guys that can make plays on the defensive side because that's what you've lacked for the last couple of years. That's what's going to make you a contender in the AFC West. Yeah, we'll go ahead and look at that draft order again tomorrow. The Raiders, again, starting pretty early in the day with that 109th pick, right? We ended at 102 today. Then they move on to 144, 174, 204, 214, 220, and 231. And it's just like boom, boom, boom tomorrow. So how, you know, ready do, do they need to be? Does <laughs> do, do, right? Are they, do they have a bunch of names and they're just pulling them off as they go? Go or how, what do you think is going on there tomorrow afternoon for the? They're going to need to be ready, and we're going to all right. need to be ready. From two oh four to two twenty, it's going to yeah. be like every thirty seconds. It right. feels like that the Raiders are on the clock. But look, I, I think all the work is basically done now. All the plans change. You know, the famous um, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. I think that was Mike Tyson that said that right. first. Yep. Um, th- like everybody has the plan. You have your draft board. You're ready to go. Hey, these are the guys we like. This is the order that we like them in. And then all of a sudden, things change. I mean. You talk about another guy like Darnell Washington today, a local product who thought he was going to go in the first round. A lot of people mocked him to go in the first round, and he's all the way down at the bottom of the third round. Like Those are the kind of things that could change your plans. We saw a couple teams change their plans today and have to move up and trade. So you've got your board. You say, all right, this is the area that these guys are going to fall in. This is, you know, when you're looking at pick 204, let's say, these are like the 15 guys that are probably going to be there at 204. And all of a sudden you get there and there's some people that you didn't think had any chance of falling to you that you have to then adjust and say, oh, maybe we like this. So you reevaluate, reevaluate your plan. But there's not enough time to do that. We saw, I mean, tonight as we're watching along, it's five minutes, it's five minutes, it's five minutes. And not every team uses all their five minutes. So all of a sudden you're you're thinking, all right, we got four picks left. That's about 20 minutes. Let's decide who we're getting. Oh, wait, we're going right now? We have to just pick the, the top guy on the board. So there's not there's not time to sit there and, you know, I, I've referenced uh, – the movie Draft Day, the last couple of days, one of my favorite movies. I love it. It's fantastic. But, like, they're sitting in there and they're having these long conversations as they're on the clock. Like, there's not time for that. It, it's very, very quick to just kind of go, all right, do we like him? Is there any problems that we have with him? We didn't expect he was going to be there for us. Can we all get behind this pick? Can we make this pick? Like, those conversations have to be had before you're on the clock. They're, they're going on right now. I mean, last night when we talked to uh, to David Champ, as, you know, you, you watched here – they were saying, hey, we're going to go rest. Let's shut it down for tonight. Let's get back in the morning and let's reassess where our draft board is. So that's what it's going to be. It's going to be 
all that work you've done over the last year, especially these last two months, to have your draft board ready, you're not going to make drastic changes. You're not going to go and say, maybe we were wrong about this guy. Let's move this bottom guy all the way up to the top. <laughs> maybe you we picked the that. wrong Byron Young. Oh, no. There is two Byron Youngs, which is fantastic. It's still one of my favorite Same position also. It threw me off when I was grabbing I was, pictures of him. <laughs> so just the, the backs were so prepped on Byron Young, and I was so excited about his story, and I heard the Raiders were taking him, and like, let's go. And they took the other Byron Young. Of course, maybe they will take the other. Maybe maybe that happens. I think that would be a very fun story to write. I mean, I did ask you, like, what if they did mean the Tennessee Byron Young? Do they just say, oh, I mean, never mind, or they just w- go for it? Those things can happen. Right. I don't think it happened in this case. I think the Raiders took the Byron Young they expected. But those things can definitely happen. They're, this is a communication <laughs> thing where you gotta you got to tell who you want. you got to call in the pig. you got to type it in, all those other things. And it can happen. I, I don't think it happened here. No, Let's be clear I, that I don't, I don't think that that's what happened. But look, even on the other side, we've seen teams not make their pick in the five minutes and other teams jump up and make picks in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's a it's the wild, wild west out there. As much as it seems organized on TV and everything's going on, there's a lot of chaos happening behind the scenes. Um, I don't think they took the wrong one, but I love I would love if they took both Byron Youngs. Well, <laughs> that would be very confusing for us. It would, but fun. Okay. <laughs> Fun is more important than confusing. That's true. That's true. Well, both Hendon Hooker and Will Levis were both on the board today, Adam. And those were players that Dave Ziegler was asked about. And he said he obviously didn't give a very long answer, but he said, yeah, we like them. Are you surprised they didn't make a move there? Or they knew right away we're set with Jimmy G for now. We'll wait a little bit. So I I do think that they still liked Hendon Hooker. I think even a little bit more than Will Levis. But sometimes you, you know, if you read a transcript or you see like what's written, it's kind of different than being there. And I, I thought last night, and I, you know, I, I did a couple of interviews this morning, and people said, "Do they like these guys?" And I said, "I thought they did going in, and I thought they liked Hendon Hooker more than they liked Will Levis." But if you really listen to the kind of the tone of Dave Ziegler last night when he was asked about these players being available, he said, "Yeah, they're they're good." <laughs> okay, all right. So in print, you look in and say, oh, they're good. Like, okay, what does that mean? But if you if you listen, I don't think there was that level of excitement. I don't think anybody in that building had a huge level of excitement over either of those players. And again, when we talk about the plans changing, say you're on the clock in the fourth round, you're on the clock tomorrow, and you see those guys there. That does change your opinion. That does change. Right. Like, hey, maybe we didn't love him, but why not take a shot at him, see if he works out? Uh, but I think there was a couple of concerns about Hendon Hooker, especially going in. Will Levis is a guy who last year was fantastic. He had all this great talent around him. He was really good. The tape this year was not good. It, it was it was some there was some bad stuff on film this year. Now you say he was injured most of the year. He tried to battle through it, which you like, uh, but he didn't have a whole lot of talent around him, and it showed out on the field. He couldn't elevate the level of those other guys on his team, and he's playing in the SEC. It's very very difficult. Um, on the other side. Uh, you had a guy in Hendon Hooker whose film was tremendous. The guy was awesome. Uh, he was always finding open guys downfield, hitting the right guy. So, so smart in where to go with the ball, always making the right read, never turning the ball over, and putting up big, big numbers. But the question was a couple of things. One, the offense he played in, which called for a lot of first read, guys open off the line, go to him, throw him the ball, make the play. Not a whole lot out of the structure of the offense out of Hendon Hooker. And, and the other parts were... He's an old man. I mean, he's not old. <laughs> okay. But he's 25. Relax. relax. Your mind broke as for, you said that. Jeez. For a draft pick, he's an old man, uh, 25 years old, which I, I would think you would say a lot of maturity there for sure. But look, if, you, if you're drafting a guy, if you think about it, he's not just older for a prospect at right. 25. He also is coming off the torn ACL. Now, if you're 22 and have a torn ACL, 
All right, now you have a season to kind of work your way back in. Now you're 23 or 24. Now you're trying to find your prime. If it takes you a season to get into the mix after a torn ACL at 25, mm -hmm. now you're 26, potentially 27. Now you're looking at it and saying, okay, how much of a prime does this guy have? If you do hit on a quarterback, which you want to do, you want to be there for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. I mean, look at Tom Brady was with the Patriots almost 20 years. Not that, you know, you expect a guy to do that, but you want a guy to be around for like a decade. And now all of a sudden you're talking about a guy in his mid thirties. That's not what you want out of a draft pick necessarily. Now, if you told them, Hey, he's going to play for 10 years, he's going to be great. I think that changes it, right. but the chances go down of something like that happening when you're taking an older guy coming off a knee injury. So I think there was a lot to really, really like about Hendon Hooker, but you also understand what some teams saw when they said, maybe this isn't the right guy for us. He finally goes off the board to the Lions, who, by the way, credit to the Lions because I tweeted about how bad their first round was, and it was <laughs> bad. It was awful. They resurrected a little bit. They, they, did, they had a lot of draft picks like the Raiders do. They figured out a way to turn those draft picks into some pretty quality players over the last couple or last couple of hours after just a disastrous. I mean, I, we can't stress enough how bad their first round was, uh, but they figured it out. And I think as a whole, you look at the Lions and you say, hey, good job by them. They did some good work. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that Dave Ziegler saw the mayo and coffee video of Will Levis like, and was out? like, I'm out. You wouldn't mm -hmm. do it? No. If he would have been drafted, would you have done it on our live stream here just to say, hey, look, this is... This is what he did. This is what we're going to do. Drop the mayo into the coffee. I've always wanted, and I've pitched this to the bosses before, so bosses, if you're listening, to do a coffee with Cass segment. Okay. So if I got the coffee with Cass segment and Will Levis was my first guest, guest I would. You would? Why not? Mayonnaise is objectively awful. <laughs> um, but I feel like it disintegrates in the coffee. I think it'd, it'd be okay. It's such a strong flavor, though. I don't know. I don't know. I'm out. Yeah. No, we're not about it. So again, if you're joining us, we're not just here talking about coffee and mayo. We're waiting mostly. for Jim. Mostly. We're waiting for general manager Dave Ziegler and assistant GM Champ Kelly to join us here to discuss their day two picks, which again, we'll go ahead and recap those day two picks. Uh, yesterday, of course, with that number seven overall pick, Tyree Wilson. But today, the Raiders kick things off with number 35, Michael Mayer, number 70, Byron Young, and number 100 rounding out day two, Trey Tucker, wide receiver. So again, just sort of adding, you know, a couple off Offense, couple defense there and as you say there's a lot of spaces a lot of areas of need that the Raiders do still need to fulfill but I think you know if you're a player on this Raiders roster right now if you're Max Crosby or a Chandler Jones what are you thinking right now obviously Max Crosby reached out yesterday to Tyree Wilson and said let's go let's get to work they met at the facility today what are you thinking if you're a guy like Max Crosby who still has so much room to grow himself yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're excited to kind of help out the younger guys to get some some guys behind you. It's What it really means is that if he does work out the way that you hope, it takes a lot of pressure off you because you have some offensive line attention on the other side of the ball. Uh, and you also have some reps that you can probably take off and, and stay, you know, stay fresher by having, you know, a, a running mate out there that's, you know, taking up some of the slack and you can, you know, play less plays and be more effective on those plays. I think that's part of what you're probably looking at. Uh, but I think you're very excited just in general about investing on the defensive side. Um, I think one thing he's probably not thrilled about, I know he has a friend out of Eastern Michigan and Jose Ramirez that he loves and, and really wanted them to, to take. And, if you've already taken two guys on the defensive line, maybe there's a less chance that that happens later on in the draft. But plenty of picks remaining. Maybe he can lobby and talk them into it. 
Dave Ziegler talked about that last week, saying, "Look, I've heard from pretty much everybody, yeah. including my seven-year-old son, uh, about they, who we the son be wanted taking. defense, and that's what he got. So I don't he know if the it. son, the seven-year-old, was in control here behind the scenes. He, he got it for sure. Yeah. That, that's what he was asking for, and that's what he got. So uh, maybe he had some influence, maybe more than uh, maybe more than Max Crosby had. But um, yeah, I, I think all the defensive the defensive guys are going to be excited." The defensive backfield is certainly going to be excited about potentially adding, you know, a, more of a pass rush, more of uh, more of an ability to get to the quarterback and have them have less less time in the pocket. That's less time that you have to cover. So I think everybody on that side of the ball is going to be excited, and certainly the offense can look at it and say, "Hey, look, if the defense is better and, and picks it up, there's not as much pressure on us uh, to score a whole lot of points to win games." So. Um, there, there's a lot to like, I think, about that. Uh, look, the last two picks, I, I know a lot of people would say probably too early for those picks, but um, you're at the point of the draft now where you're targeting guys that you really like, that you are really comfortable with, that you bonded with, that you felt a connection with, and hopefully guys that uh, felt the same way about you, and you're bringing them in and uh, really doing a good job of you know finding that connection even more so than just you know, what the guy did at the combine or necessarily even what they did on film, it's guys that fit with you. And I think mm-hmm. that's uh, an important part of building a roster and building a team. And you're seeing that uh, from Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels right now and then their entire staff of, you know, looking around and who fits best with us, who goes well in this locker room. We saw them kind of move on from a lot of guys that were here before they were here right. uh, because you would say, well, that guy's a really good player. What's going on? Well, maybe he's not a scheme fit. Maybe he's not a personality fit. So now you you are rebuilding the roster in your uh, in your image and how you want it to look. And I know some fans have been upset about that and saying that's not what we want here. But um, I think what the what the fans really want in the end is winning. And right. that's really all that's going to matter. It's, it, to them, I think they'll forget about some of the guys that they lost if it translates to wins on the field. I think fans would really love maybe another interception or two this season, another maybe uh, just turnovers, right? Turnovers. So when you talk about this Raiders secondary and you've got guys like Nate Hobbs, obviously who suffered from injury this year, Amik Robertson we saw come to life a little bit this past season. How great would it be for this Raiders team to get just another monster on the secondary for this team? Well, I mean, you're reminding me once again that Devin Witherspoon wasn't available with the seventh pick in the first round, who I was very much looking forward to covering. Um, I had I all the pictures been, ready of him, too, Adam. It would have been, so been great. And Seattle had to ruin everybody's <laughs> fun. Uh, but, I mean, a guy like that is a game-changing type player, and you can still find guys. I mean, just because they're not picked in the first round doesn't right. mean uh, that you're not going to be able to find guys like that at some point in the draft. So um, I, I would look for them to absolutely address that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got two corners and maybe even two corners and a safety if they invest more than one or two picks in the secondary because they do need bodies. They do need more talent. Uh, they need depth. Even even if you bring in guys just for competition to get these other guys you know, fired up for it, I think that is something to watch for. Oh, it looks like we've got some movement here in Henderson. General Manager Dave Ziegler walking in with a casual big Dave. smile. Casual Dave with a white tee. So let's go ahead and toss things out now to Henderson, Nevada for more from General Manager Dave Ziegler. <sighs> Um, all right, we'll get started with your questions. David, I'd like to talk to you about Byron Young. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that is a beast on the, in the rushing defense. He's a space eater, eats up blocks. And with an upside to become a very good pass rusher. Will you just talk about where you selected him, what you saw that slot on there, please? Yeah, big physical kid, long arms. You know, he does a um, really nice job of being able to create leverage inside and control running lanes. It's a little bit of early down pass rush too right now. I think he can develop more than that, but he has some 
first step quickness. And because of his length, it makes it hard for a lot of those guards to handle him inside. So we see him being able to play inside. We also see him being able to bump out and play big end for us um, in some of our in some of our different defensive packages. So saw him as a versatile guy on early downs that can, you know, right now that can play inside, can also move outside and play big end, has some pass rush ability, also foundation traits, um, hard worker, smart, tough, dependable, loves football. Um, a lot of the traits that we're looking for um, and a kind of a self-made guy. So, um, you know, really excited to be able to get him, have some of his versatility, brings another level of competition too on the inside of our, um, both inside and at the defensive end position for us. You had talked about the tight ends being a deep group uh, at the combine. Um, Michael Mayer was somebody that a lot of people thought about as a first rounder. Yeah. When did you start tracking him um, and kind of like keeping an eye on that to, to Maybe go up and go get him. Yeah, when we got to the end of the first round, you know, there were some discussions there uh, about possibly um, possibly moving back into the first round, and, and he was one of the guys that you know we we had discussions about um, in that mold, and you know, ultimately decided that we you know that wasn't you know didn't come to fruition and didn't kind of work out that way. So talked about it a lot last night. Talked about it a lot today. And the fact that we, he was still there was a very exciting moment for us. Um, you know, he's one of the top 15 players on our board just in totality. Um, so to be able to get uh, a guy like Michael, tight end, good size, really um, unique thing about him, I'd say, is his short area quickness. He's a bigger guy, but he still has, when you watch the tape, he has the ability to win in a short area. He can win on third down, use his size down in the red zone, um, obviously has some size to continue to develop as a run blocker. Another kid. Um, excellent traits, very smart. Um, one of the, you know, probably in terms of our scale of traits, one of the highest guys on our board in that regard too. Um, the way we kind of measure that. So really excited to be able to get a young tight end with his skill set, um, where we got him. We felt like that was very good value. Well, on that, to piggyback on that, you know, with trading Darren and then the unfortunate situation with Foster, you need someone to step in like that. And that's a position where with this team, with the skill set positions, players that you have, Devontae, right? Sure. Um, is he someone who can make an immediate impact and, and sort of just melt right into the system and become a star because of his work ethic and his capabilities? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think – as you know, like when I talk about rookies, all of them are going to have to come in and, and earn their and earn their role. And there's a lot of transitions that go on in doing that. But his skill set, I mean, he has a skill set to come in and make a and make an impact, you know, for us in year one. And um, yeah, you know, how far that goes, you know, I'm not going to put any expectations on him to say he's going to be this or that, but. Definitely feel like he can come in and make an impact for us in the passing game. Um, you know, we signed a couple. We signed Austin. We signed OJ um, to one-year deals in the offseason. Obviously, you know, Michael's going to be here for a long time, you know, from a contractual standpoint. But um, high ceiling for him um, if he continues to grow and learn the nuances of the game. You know, you're going to see some different coverages and some different matches matchups than you see in the college game. But has a very good skill set to make an impact for us. Uh, speaking of some of those shared traits, I think all three guys you took tonight have been in uh, some really big games. I think they were all in college football playoff games. I'm sure there's a lot of coincidence there, but does that mean something when you're looking at film and, and you see a guy really pop not only in just some random game, but uh, in, in some of these big moments? Yeah, I think being able to you know perform in big games also against another like I'd say high level competition. Obviously, you know playing it like like Byron playing in the SEC, um, you know he gets a lot a lot of that week in and week out. Uh, but also playing in big bowl games and things of that nature, seeing guys perform I'd say at a high level 
and some of the bigger moments that they get to experience at the college level definitely has an impact. And, you know, the thing about college football is you, you try to, you try to see how players perform against the top level competition that they face. And, you know, some guys, depending on the conference, that works differently. But that's where we really look at and see how that stands out. And for some guys, it's at the Senior Bowl or the East-West game or one of these other all-star games that you get to see some of those matchups. But all those instances when we, we were able to see these guys play against other top-level competition, it does um, it holds some weight, you know, when you're going through the evaluation process. What's your initial vision for uh, Trey Tucker? Yeah. Trey has, I mean, Trey has a lot of speed. And, and so he has a lot of, I say, versatility offensively, just in terms of, um, both as a receiver that, you know, can play the receiver position. There's also because of his speed, a gadget element to him, um, that he can be used in, 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 um, getting him the ball in space and things of that nature. Whether, you know, there's a lot of ways that we've seen that done in the league, whether it's speed sweeps, whether it's, uh, in the screen game. But we really, you know, have studied him a lot and just as a receiver thinks he, you know, think he has the ability to win. Um, and and um, he's a tough matchup because of his short area quickness and just his straight line speed. He had a lot of explosive plays. Beyond that, which is unique about him, was um, his production as a gunner um, and his production as a kick coverage player in the kicking game, too, um, where he had a lot of production in that way. And then also in the return game. And so, again, he's going to add a lot of competition to that group. You know, we added some guys um you know, in the, in, in free agency that have some of those skill sets. Again, some of those, you know, obviously this, this, uh, when you draft a player contractually, you have them longer than a year. So, um, you know, he's going to have some, you know, some time to develop, but we think he's going to come in and compete right away and just love the speed and explosiveness that he brings in both as an offensive player, both as a returner, and then also his ability to cover in the kicking game too. Congratulations on the draft picks. I'm sticking with uh, Trey Tucker. How hard is it of evaluation when you have a guy who's like 5'9", 180 pounds, and you know you try and see his versatility in the return game and also being able to dual threat as a wide receiver? Yeah, I think when you're looking at guys that um, you know are maybe like shorter in stature, you know the, the thing that comes to my mind when I think of Trey um, is that he plays bigger than his size. Um, you know, Trey was also a high school wrestler uh, in my. Uh, hometown area of Akron, Ohio. Um, so um, he always would kind of going back and just looking at his background from high school um, all the way through college, always had an edge, always had a chip on his shoulder, always played bigger than his size. And I think you saw that on film. You saw it as a gunner. So those are the types of things you're looking for. Um, do they play bigger than their size? Do they play um you know, with a certain amount of physicality and edge to them? And we felt Trey did that and so felt really good about, you know, selecting them when we did. Dave, um, I know each draft plays out differently, but you haven't addressed anything with the secondary just yet. Yeah. Uh, do you still feel like there's some mining to do in that in that group? Yeah, and there's still some players in that area that we like. And, and again, you know, the draft uh, obviously falls in, in different ways in different directions. And we knew once we, we once we worked through the draft that there was going to be some areas that you know you, you're just you're you're going to have some areas that you're going to st still want to fill or still want to grow and. Um, you know, whether that's through the draft, through college free agency or, or, or beyond. But yeah, I think we still see some good players that, that are there in the secondary. And we'll, you know, we'll obviously have to see how the, the board falls and, um, you know, you know, see what, what happens in that direction.
I know you're locked in on the draft right now, but you know there are still veteran free agents out there. Specifically yep. at cornerback, could that be maybe something that a guy like Rocky Sand who played with the Raiders last year that you traded for and you yep. last year? Could, could somebody like that be somebody you explore bringing? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but like, just I'm not going to speak specifically to Rock, but I think just in general, whether it ends up being the free agent market, whether it ends up being the trade market, you know, whether it ends up going down even farther down the list there. Prior to the cut down to 53, I mean, there's going to be some other opportunities for us to add players. Like you mentioned, there's still some quality players out there that um, have been productive NFL players. And I think that's once we get through the draft, you know, we'll kind of uh, reassess where we are as a team, reassess what those markets are and see kind of how those puzzle pieces fit together. And if they make sense, then they make sense for us. You mentioned uh, building from the front back, um, winning the point of attack being explosive. Do you feel like uh, those first three picks addresses that even with Michael Mayer as a physical force at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and I think Michael, yes, and I think there's a little bit different element to all three of those guys. Obviously, Tyree, um, you know, has an explosive pass rush ability. Also, he's can be very disruptive in the run game. Uh, Michael is a guy that's shown the ability to, to be a tough matchup on third down, be able to win on third down, be able to win in the red zone, which are obviously critical plays in a football game. And Byron, just with his length and power, his explosive ability to reset the line of scrimmage in the run game. Um, it also uses length and, length and leverage to disrupt the pocket. And so we feel with those, you know, those three guys. And then, you know, Trey brings an explosive element um, in the areas that I mentioned that, you know, he he's had a lot of success in. So, you know, still have work to do, but feel good about, you know, what we were able to do so far. Dave, you were very emphatic about each team has its own board and how that player relates. So I'm curious, when you look at all the guys you've selected so far, have you been able to do well getting guys that maybe you had higher on your boards a little bit later? Um, yeah, I think we have. I think, um, you know, I'm not going to get into the specifics of how we had each individual guy ranked. But, yeah, we felt like, you know, we were able to get good value with the, the picks based on where those players were on the board. Um, now we're getting into obviously day three. Um, the board's a little bit more picked over. Um, you know, you, you, it's not as robust as it was, you know, to start the day. And, and so, um, you know, now we're looking for, um, you know, very, you know, I'd say a little bit more of the, the diamond in the rough element, right? Or a little bit more of, uh, maybe taking some guys that have more upside and, and some potential. Maybe it wasn't, um, you know, manifested itself in a perfect way on, on tape consistently. Um, uh, but those are some of the types of guys that are, you know, still available in the draft. And so, um, yeah, we're excited about the value that we're able to get. And then, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll have to put in some good work here tomorrow, too. Hey, within those types of guys that, you know, come on the last day, you, you still, you're obviously going to be looking at best players available where it fits. But is there anywhere specific that you're hoping to fill needs early on with the first few picks? Are there still positions that you want to answer some questions? You know, some uh, questions. Yeah, there definitely there, there's definitely some areas that we still want to address. I mean, I don't want to get into specifics of it because then other teams that maybe have those ideas and all of a sudden they're trading in front of us and and from a strategic standpoint. But yeah, there's still um, there's still a few key areas on the team that we want to con that we want to try to continue to address as we you know head into the last day. Two, three more. We'll go Vinny, Vic, and then Paul. If you look at the game logs of the players that you guys have drafted, there's a ton of games. Yeah. Uh, 
on that on, on that docket. Um, is that important to you? And especially from the just the physicality of football, being able to be available and be out there and play. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the that's part of the process when we go through evaluating each individual player. Now, some players you're gonna you know take maybe a greater risk on based on the talent and things like that. Maybe a guy that's had an injury or two of something of that nature. But yeah, availability. Um, you know, is, is very valuable and durability is very valuable. And so that, that's another piece of the puzzle that we look at when we're evaluating each individual player. And then again, like I mentioned, you have to kind of look at the risk reward of, you know, what the talent is of that player, what the injuries, you know, what the injuries have been. Uh, and, and that go, all goes into the equation when you're looking at, you know, each individual player. Uh, the Senior Bowl is obviously a resource. You have Patrick Graham there, yeah. you two guys, and, and Young and Tucker. What were Patrick's thoughts on these guys? I'm sure he was hiring them, and what was he, he saying to you guys about that? Yeah, it was, that was a big part of the process for us, and, and you know, that was, it was really valuable. You know, Pat was able to, and, and Matt Edwards, one of our defensive line coaches, was also there um, helping out on staff. And so we were able to get a lot of intel from them, a lot of the character, the background, the classroom stuff. And I think, you know, one thing that stood out on both of those guys was just, uh, their professional demeanor, their passion for football, um, their their ability to learn. Um, so not a lot, I would say, a lot of maintenance, you know, that comes into some of the extra the extra stuff that's beyond the field stuff with those guys because you can't learn that unless you're there coaching, like how they prepared, how they handled themselves, how they interacted with their coaches, how they took instruction. And both of those guys really excelled in those two areas um, at the Senior Bowl. And then, again, you know, we were able to watch a lot of the Senior Bowl practices and tape, and so we were able to kind of – collab on what that looked like and we felt both of those guys had good performances down there but the most valuable stuff was the stuff that we couldn't see at practice which was behind the scenes and both of those guys uh, excelled in those two areas Dave, when it, when it comes to trey how unique is it for a receiver to utilize what he learned in wrestling on the football field it's unique, and I think you know what what he's learned um, in in that regard. And again, I think there's just you know wrestling. There's a level of toughness that you have to have to be a wrestler. Um, you and I think you know that's one thing that Trey um, has. You know, to as I mentioned, to his kind of yeah, he's a smaller guy, but he plays bigger and he plays with an edge. And I think a lot of that toughness um, comes from wrestling. He also has very good balance and agility when you watch him. And if you've watched any good wrestlers, that's one thing that they're able to do is. Um, play with leverage, have agility, have balance. And I think so it's a unique thing for a receiver. You don't often see those two things, um, you know, attached, but wrestling in Akron, Ohio, um, and Talmadge, Ohio, where I'm from are, you know, those are, that's a big sport, um, back there. And so, um, yeah, unique for him. And, and you see it in his, like, like in, in a lot of the areas where he plays, especially in the kicking game. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Blowing up my phone. Well, that was Raiders GM Dave Ziegler wrapping up day two there. And just again, once uh, once again, looking at the Raiders day two draft picks at that number 35 pick, they went ahead and moved up from 38 to 35 to draft Michael Meyer, Mayer, tight end, number 70, Byron Young, number 100, Trey Tucker. Just your overall thoughts on how Dave Ziegler felt, you know, just casual Dave we saw. What do you think he was feeling after day two? Adam? Alabama, Byron Young. Alabama, like not yes. Tennessee. Yes, yes, yes. 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 I uh, should add that in. Not the one we had everything prepared for. The other one uh, was drafted there. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think you know one of the things you hear from him is that 
They're happy with where they are right now. They're happy with the players they've acquired. They're, if they've addressed some needs on the team that they wanted to address, but there's plenty more to do and they've got those seven picks to do it. So I know that there's areas that they want to address. He didn't want to get into specifics because he said, look, I don't want to tell the teams around us what we want and then they'll trade ahead of Doesn't us. Doesn't he know all the, the teams guy. are watching the Review Journal YouTube page right now, watching I this think live he stream? Just assumed that they were. Yeah, yes. that's why he said it. So, um, so yeah, he, he knows that there's areas, offensive line, of course. Look, he doesn't have to say it. We know. Offensive line, maybe. Defensive backs, definitely. Linebacker, definitely. And interior of the defensive line, most likely as well. So we know those areas that he's talking about. He just doesn't want to be specific. But he understands there's plenty of capital left. There's plenty of work left to do. That's what they're going to do tomorrow. And They've got the, you know, they've got the picks to do. As we said, they've got seven. If they want to use one or two of them to move up to target certain guys, they'll certainly do that because they had 12 to start. They've got 11 now. That's way too many guys to add to a roster through the draft for the most part. So uh, I think you can use those picks very, very judiciously to kind of move up and target spots that you want. But they also need a ton of talent and a ton of depth added to this roster. So. That's what they're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, maybe they'll find their gem there in that fifth round, sixth round. Again, looking he at their... He said diamond in the rough. He mentioned yeah. it exactly. That's, that yeah. is what you're looking for yeah. right now because you're not going to get those elite prospects. If they're a perfect prospect, they've been picked already. So you're looking at those guys that, hey, there's, there's this one trait. We talked about trait with Trey. A lot of speed. Yeah. Let's find that guy. Maybe that develops into something. If you find that one elite trait... That's what you're looking for right now, a guy that can develop with that one thing into something great. And I mean, I don't think we can reference it enough that Max Crosby is the perfect example of a day three guy just becoming yeah. the face of your franchise. I think he's been pretty good. I yeah. think they did a good job of finding you know, him. He a was a, or two. a diamond in the rough, yeah. for sure. So that's, that's <laughs> what they found, and that's what they're looking for. Right. Well, we will be back here on day three, wrapping up the 2023 NFL Draft tomorrow on Saturday. So be sure to join us once again, wrapping up day two here. Adam Hill, Cassie Soto, thank you so much for tuning in. Everything you need to wrap up this year's draft at VegasNation.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there.